0: So often we are fed lies that we take on as truths because lies oftentimes, and it's terrible to say this, but the negative stuff is sometimes easier to believe and it's unfortunate, but Satan is the father of lies and he loves to fill our heads with lies because it it holds us back, it keeps us back, it keeps us poor mentally, it keeps us poor spiritually, it keeps us poor physically, and to be honest, it even keeps many of us poor financially. My name is Aquila Hicks, also known as Coach Q. I'm a believer, wife, and a mom of three, and a certified life and health coach who absolutely loves coaching women on living a more joyful life. I once was an overwhelmed mama and wife suffering from severe postpartum depression and anxiety, and it wasn't until I began chasing after wisdom that I learned how to truly enjoy life. Like Proverbs 3.17 states that wisdom will lead you to a life of joy and peace. Guess what? I'm continuing to chase after wisdom, and I'm bringing you right along with me, teaching you everything that I've learned and then I'm continuing to learn so that you too can have a life of joy, abundance, beauty, and balance. So get ready to be enlightened, empowered, and inspired. Grab your favorite cup of coffee, get cozy. This is the Ladies After Wisdom podcast. Hi, Aquila here, also known as Coach Q. Thanks so much for joining me this morning on the Ladies After Wisdom podcast. If you joined me last week, I began the five series of the steps needed to take to get out of your own way and create the life that you truly desire and deserve. And last week we spoke on step one, which is stepping back. Once again, in last week's podcast, I share with you a, a staggering study that I learned of years ago, which says that. We have well over, the average person has well over 12 to 60,000 thoughts per day. And of that, 80% is negative, right? So if you are the average person, then you have tens of thousands of negative thoughts each and every day. And so there's many people that are being held back by their own thoughts. So as I work with clients, especially women, as I work with women, I have come to learn that that study is very much true many women that i come into contact with and that i coach they themselves are holding themselves back through their own thoughts through these limiting thoughts these these negative thoughts this negative self-talk and so on and so forth so i have a five step system that i use when working with clients to help them get from being stuck to getting unstuck and really creating the life that they deserve. So I've been sharing that with you. Last week's step, once again, was stepping back. And so what stepping back is just a quick summary is you taking a bird's eye view of your life, being completely honest with yourself, um, no lights and cameras around, (laughs) no one to try to act different in front of, just being really honest and truthful with yourself about where you are in life in every area of your life or the area of your life that's concerning you the most. Maybe it's your relationship or your finances, your career. Maybe it's your emotional health. Perhaps it's your physical health. Whatever it may be, I asked you all to (laughs) begin to jot those things down and to be really, really honest and transparent with you. And the reason I keep pressing the word honesty is because if you aren't honest with you, then it won't work. It won't work. And unfortunately, many people do lie to themselves um, because they are complacent or they don't want to deal with the change, because change can be challenging, it can be hard. And if you admit to yourself that you're unhappy, if you admit to yourself that you're struggling, if you admit to yourself that you're stuck, if you admit to yourself that you're overwhelmed, burnt out, stressed out, whatever it may be, if you're admitting that to yourself, then you got to do something about it. The right next step is to do something about it, right? And many people, unfortunately, don't want to do something about it. (laughs) So That's why you got to be honest with you, okay? So that first step, once again, was just taking a bird's eye view, stepping back and taking a look at your life and looking at the pieces of those life that you're unhappy with and that you would like to change, all right? And then being honest with where you wanna be three months, six months, a year from now, writing that down. And then I told you (laughs) that if you wanna be an overachiever, go ahead and write one to two steps that could get you from where you are to where you wanna be. There is another study that I meant to share in the last podcast. I want to go ahead and share with you now, which blew my mind. And I actually learned this study in the last couple of months. And it says that 98% of the people do not know what they want. Okay, I'm gonna repeat it again. 98% of the people do not know what they want. So that's crazy, right? Billions of people living on the planet and 98% of them have no idea what they want. And I want to challenge you to ask someone, someone close to you. I want you to, because I did this once I found this out, I'm like, no way that cannot possibly be true. (laughs) People know what they want, but I came to learn that people really don't know what they want. And when you don't know what you want, you begin to kind of live aimlessly through life. You kind of just take on what you get rather than going for what you want and going for what you desire. And a lot of times you don't even know what you want. So I want you to ask someone today, what do you want? And they're going gonna—they're probably going to look at you and say, well, what do you mean? What do you want in your career? What do you want your finances to look like a year from now? And I want you to be specific. If they're not married, ask them, what do you want your husband to be? How do you want him to be? What is it that you desire? What is it that you want? See, the thing is, there is a lot of people well the most people know what they don't want but the average person does not know what they want okay oh, someone can say oh i don't want to be stressed out anymore i don't want to be overwhelmed i don't want to be at this job anymore okay well then what do you want well i don't know i just want a job that makes me happier um i just want to work with people uh, i just want you know what i'm saying many people do not know exactly what they want. They're not specific. They're not truly passionate about what they want or even getting what they want because they don't know what they want. So (laughs) I wanted to share that with you because I forgot to share that last podcast. Know what you want. Be specific in what you want because if you don't know what you want, you're kind of driving a car with no destination and there's billions of people out there doing that. So you got to know what you want. And sometimes it could be challenging to kind of figure that out, but just take some time each day to write it down to figure it out. The, the word of God says, write the vision, write it down, write it down what you want. And if you can't figure out what you want, create the time each night to kind of journal before you be- go to bed to try to figure out what it is that you want. Okay, so that's just a little disclaimer. I wanted to share that with you guys, because it's really, really important. And that study, once again, all these studies that I read up on i am a little nerd. Um, (laughs) But they blow my mind, especially when it has to do with the mind. So know what you want. Don't be in that 2% that is just roaming aimlessly around the earth, not knowing what they want. When you know what you want you inspire others, when you go after what you want, you're inspiring your children and your spouses and the people around you. And not only that, you're inspiring yourself. As you reach your goals, as you pursue your goals, you are learning to trust yourself, you're learning to discipline yourself, and you're learning to love you, okay? But that's another podcast for another day. So as we go into step two of getting out of your own way, And creating the life that you deserve, we're going to talk about letting go, letting go. So there is a story in the Bible of Mary and Martha, which is a pretty prominent story, right? It's a, most people know of the story of Mary and Martha. So Martha invited Jesus to her home. And so Jesus came to visit Martha and Mary was there. Martha and Mary were sisters. So Martha and Mary were there. Mary decided to sit at Jesus's feet and listen to all the wisdom that he was given her. And Martha was busy. She was cleaning and preparing, and I'm assuming cooking and doing all this busy work, right? And Martha sat there and just took in all that Jesus was saying, right? So Martha goes to Jesus and says, hey, don't you see that I'm doing all this work and Mary isn't helping? Don't you care? Please tell Mary to get on up and help me, right? And I want to get the exact scripture for you guys. I actually had it open and somehow my, my Bible kind of um, did its own thing. <laughs> so I'm trying to find that scripture for you. But Jesus said, no, Mary is paying attention to what's important right now. She's doing the most important thing right now. So what was Martha doing? Martha was doing busy work. Martha thought that the most important thing at that time was creating a perfect home, was creating a perfect environment, was creating a perfect space for Jesus. But all that really mattered All that really mattered was not the perfection, was not how the home looked or how the food was going to be at that moment. What really mattered at that moment is the wisdom that he was giving out. So what was Martha's issue here? I'm going to give you a couple of seconds just to think about it as I try to stall and and find that Bible verse. (laughs) So Martha's issue is that her beliefs were incorrect at that moment. What she was believing, what she was hanging on, what she stood on, what she was standing on and what she was holding on to was a limiting and incorrect belief. She was believing that that busy work, that creating that perfect environment, that perfect thing was the most important thing. And she was incorrect. Have you ever found yourself hanging on to a belief or hanging on to something That is not true. Standing firm on a belief, standing firm on a thing and coming to the realization that it is not right and it is not true. Oftentimes we have these type of beliefs about ourselves, about others, and we begin to live them out and we could have the most in front, most important things right there in front of us, right there in front of us and we don't realize how important it is or how that's the answer to our prayers or how that's the answer to getting us unstuck because we're still focused and hung on to these other beliefs that we have. Do you struggle or do you know someone that struggles with perfectionism? I was letting, taking a pause, letting you guys think on that for a second. So perfectionism, perfectionalism, is like a behavior, personality trait, where you like to have everything perfect before doing something, like to have everything perfect before executing something. You're truly concerned about what others think. You're concerned about others' perception of you, perception of your home, perception of your outfit, perception of your attitude, perception of you, you're highly concerned about what other people think and perfectionism is just kind of hidden in fear, right? Or fear kind of hides itself in perfectionism either way. And so perfectionism is a major way to hold yourself back because you're focusing on everyone else instead of focusing on yourself. Once again, that's a little side note, but I just felt led to share that I like to, (laughs) I like to call myself a recovering um, perfectionist because I struggled with perfectionism very early on in my marriage. And also, I guess for several, several, several years, to be honest, I'm not too sure where I kind of took on those beliefs or took on that behavior, but all I know is that it was driven in fear. And sometimes to be honest, I can very much still hang on to that at times and still allow it to hold me back. However, I recognize it, I realize it, and I tell myself there's no such thing as perfect and you don't have to be perfect to make an impact. I truly try to make a practice of paying attention to what's in front of me and focusing on what's the most important thing. And a lot of times we we kinda gotta shake ourselves up and, and step out of our, once again, taking a bird's eye view of the situation and realizing what's the most important thing. And that's how you step out of perfectionism. Because you, if you stay stuck in perfectionism, you won't be able to do anything because you're going to be constantly worried about what people think, constantly worried about someone's perception of you, constantly worried about executing something because you want to be perfect. The only thing, that you you should be concerned about being perfect in is perfect in love. So I found that scripture. (laughs) So it is actually Luke 10 38. And just to read it really quickly, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said, but Martha was distracted, but all the preparations that had to be made, and she came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me out. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. So it's very easy to say, oh my God, if that was me, Jesus is literally in my home. I'm just gonna sit there and listen to everything he has to say and soak it all up, right? But Martha, that didn't seem very important to her. What seemed more important to her at that time was making sure everything was perfect and making sure everything was right. And so, which brings back to letting go. What we have to do is learn to let go of the beliefs of the behaviors, of the thoughts that are holding us back, that are really limiting us in life. And a lot of times it's hard to even determine what those thoughts are. If you don't take a mental inventory of what you think, if you're not thinking about what you're thinking about, excuse me, oftentimes we just think, right? We just think, and we just do without much thought and without much preparation. I know it sounds crazy, but it's the truth. How often do you just get up in the morning and just start going? Or you just get to work and you just start working or you start on a task and you just start instead of really thinking about what you're doing, thinking about your day, thinking about your plans. It is so important to take an inventory of what you're thinking because once again, as we spoke in the last podcast, the very beginning is your thoughts, create your beliefs, your beliefs, create those emotions, those emotions, create that behavior, that behavior, create those habits, those habits, create our outcomes, right? So ultimately those thoughts are so powerful. It is a process in order for it to create our outcome and begin begin our behaviors. But a lot of times that process doesn't take very long. So speaking of letting go, so let's see exactly what a belief is. All right. So a belief is an acceptance that a statement is true or that something exists. All right. So the belief that we have can be a subconscious beliefs, or they can be conscious beliefs. And I'm gonna give you an example of a subconscious one. So if subconscious belief is, let's just say that you are a student in high school, and you're not necessarily in the in crowd, you are someone who are a bit of a loner, you don't necessarily fit in, you are a bit standoffish, you're not as popular, you're not as known as others. Can you relate to that? Possibly so. And since you see others socializing more, since you see others as being more popular, you see others getting more attention, you see others having more fun. From a very young age, you can take on the belief and take on the perception that you're just not that important, that you'll never be that popular, that you don't have what it takes. And Many people do this. Many people do it. And it can start even as young as elementary school. You're not as popular. You're not as as known as others. You don't have much fun as others. You're not in the in crowd. You're not in sports. You're not known. And oftentimes, you begin to take on the belief subconsciously, not even telling yourself that, just taking on the belief that, well, I'm not that important or I I. I'm not as wise. I'm not as smart. I'm not as brave. I'm not as, but that's not the truth. It's not the truth at all, but you've accepted it to be true. A conscious belief is something that someone has told you. Perhaps a, an example of a conscious belief someone has said, you know, you're a liar. You're stupid. You're selfish. You are, you're just so mean. You're ridiculous. You begin to live up to it. <clears throat> that's what everybody says about me. That's what. That's what so and so had to say about me. And I realized that it's true. No, you've learned to live up to it because you've accepted it as a belief. And also, this is belief that you've told, once again, yourself, my let's let's see, you could say, well, I kind of knew that I would struggle from this because my parents struggle from it. Or I knew that I don't believe that you can have be both. I don't believe that you can have be a businesswoman and be a mother. I don't think that you can be successful in both. I don't think that you could have a great marriage and a great business. Many people have either-or thinking, meaning either-or beliefs. And so that is a conscious belief. But many of our beliefs are subconscious. Oftentimes we just take on other people's beliefs. A little another little short story. When I was growing up, I did not like cats. I have no, at the time I didn't know why, I just, I didn't like cats. We grew up with big dogs. Uh, um, what kind of dogs did we have? German Shepherds and St. Bernard's and Great Danes, these big dogs and family dogs. However, I just wasn't feeling cats. <laughs> well, fast forward, I have my son, he was about three or four years old, and he, we, I rolled him into a YMCA preschool class and I became very, very close with the teacher, Miss Kathy. And so Miss Kathy, I came to learn was just a a true animal lover. We got so close with her. My children just, my family just fell in love with her. And so she had horses and she had dogs and my family and I, the kids and I would go out and help with the horses sometimes, learn how to feed them, learn how to, you know, brush them, just really learn about this, this farm life or this, this life with horses and, and, and all of that. It was really interesting to me. There was, and my kids loved it. There was one cat, black cat, that they called Jet, that was always roaming around the property. And once again, I'm like, okay, I don't like cats. (laughs) And I remember Miss Kathy and I having a conversation with day. She was like, well, why don't you like cats? I'm like, I don't know. You know, my mom, (laughs) you know, always used to tell us kind of growing up that they were sneaky and that they were just wrong. Just cats were wrong. And she was like, well, what made you believe that? Or that's your mom's belief, something along those lines. I can't remember the conversation verbatim, but I do know that it opened up my mind and kind of opened up my heart to kind of, okay, begin to accept cats a little bit. So the more and more that we would go to kind of explore with the animals and play with the animals, I would see Jet and I would begin (laughs) rubbing Jet. And fast forward now, about, I guess, nine years later, Now I I don't have a cat. Okay. I don't have any cats. I would truly consider it, but my husband is like, no way. But now my view is different because I let go of my mother's beliefs and I adapted my own. You understand what I'm saying? And that may seem like a really simple one, but trust me, there's much deeper ones. There's often women who have watched their parents be in abusive relationships. And they too begin to live lives and have relationships that are abusive because they saw it growing up. And somewhere, some way within them, they've accepted that it's okay or they believe that it's okay. It's not okay. So letting go is letting go of those wrong limiting beliefs. Taking inventory of those beliefs and honestly setting it up against the word of God. And if that belief doesn't line up with the word of God then guess what it's the wrong belief it's the wrong thing. Why is it important to let go of limiting beliefs? There's three reasons. For one it holds you back. Having limited thoughts like you can't you can only have either or believing that being in a wrong relationship is okay Believing that you're not smart enough, that you're not wise enough, that you're not brave enough. Taking on someone else's comments that you're a certain way. It holds you back from being the best version of you, the best version that you were created to be. The second reason is you can't be double minded, right? Who wants to have negative beliefs? Who wants to have negative beliefs? But also who wants to have negative thoughts, right? None of us really do, but a lot of times it just happens once again, because we're conditioned to so much negativity in the world. But the Bible says that a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. So you can't be confident and be insecure at the same time. You got to be one or the other. You got to choose a belief. You got to choose who you're going to be. You got to choose how you're going to behave. And the only way to do that is by letting go of the belief that's holding you back. And one of the deepest reasons I believe that you need to let go of a limiting belief or letting go of those negative beliefs is that those negative beliefs can become your identity. And I want to give you an example. So any entrepreneur out there, has failed. Hello. Okay. So (laughs) there is times in my business that I have failed. I've made wrong choices. I've made wrong financial choices. I've made wrong employee choices. I have. And so I've learned from each one of them. So I see that I have failed, but I begin to be resilient bounce back, learn from it. However, people who have failed, if they begin to make that statement and that they turn that statement and that thought into a belief, they begin to believe that they're a failure. And so I don't believe that I'm a failure by any means, but I have failed. So do you understand what I'm saying? Oftentimes we can make a mistake and rather than just realizing it's a mistake, we begin to identify with the the mistake. Because I lost, I'm a loser. Because I failed, I'm a failure because this relationship didn't work I'm just not lovable that's not true that's not true that's why it's so important to cut the thought off cut that negative thought off cut that limiting thought off before it begins to get engraved in your soul and in your heart and you once again begin to live it out if you believe that you're a failure if you're unlovable if you're a loser you're not going to be the best version of you. You're not going to create the life that you really deserve. You're not going to have this awesome life ahead of you. You're just not. All right. So those three reasons. Number one, the reason you need to let go is it's going to hold you back. Number two is no one likes to think negatively. No one does. But it comes natural. However, you can't be double minded. You got to push through with those positive thoughts. You got to push through with those affirming, truthful thoughts. And then number three, those negative thoughts and those negative beliefs can become your identity and then you begin to live it out. So now that we're talking about all this letting go, we are going to say, well, Q, how do I let go? Well, thanks for asking. (laughs) Well, let me tell you a little secret that you might already know that letting go is a process. It's a continuous process. Okay, if you, you're, letting, you're letting things go continually. As you realize that it's a wrong belief, it's a limiting belief, it's holding you back, you begin to let it go little by little. So here are the four steps. You wanna first identify the belief, okay? You wanna realize what is it that you're telling yourself? What is it that you're believing? What is it that you are accepting to be true that isn't? And once again, this takes a little, this takes a little inventory, takes a little moment, just sit back and think about, okay, I'm feeling this way. I'm, I'm feeling like a failure. I'm feeling down. I'm feeling this way, but why? What am I believing? What have I taken on? Why don't I like cats? <laughs> why, don't I, why don't I like dogs? You know, what's holding me back from starting this business? what What is my thoughts? Am I telling myself I'm not smart enough? Am I telling myself I don't have the resources? Because anything is possible. Any, everything. There's a book by Maria Forleo, Folio, I believe, and it's called Everything is outable And it's so true. The second step is accepting that once you've identified the belief, accepting that it is a lie. Accepting that that belief is a lie. And this morning, actually in my Bible time, I was reading John 844 and it was speaking about how satan is the father of lies and how when he lies he is speaking his native tongue so often we are fed lies that we take on as truths because lies oftentimes and and it's terrible to say this but The negative stuff is sometimes easier to believe and it's unfortunate, but Satan is the father of lies and he loves to fill our heads with lies because it, it holds us back. It keeps us back. It keeps us poor mentally. It keeps us poor spiritually. It keeps us poor physically. And to be honest, it even keeps many of us poor financially. But that's a different podcast for a different (laughs) day. So once again, identify that the belief is a lie. Third, take on a new affirming belief. The opposite of what you're believing. Take it on. Take on the opposite of what you're believing. If you are believing that you aren't worthy or that you're a failure, find you a scripture in the word of God that disputes that. Google it. Send me a message. I'll help you find it. Find the truth. And begin to speak that over yourself. And then guess what? This last step is begin to live it out. Begin to live that truth out. Is it going to be easy at first? No, because you have years and years and years and years of negative beliefs, years and years of it, of limiting negative beliefs. So it's not going to take a day to get out of that frame of mind and to become overly confident and, and become, it's going to take a little bit of time. How is a marathon ran? One step at a time. One step at a time. So go over those four steps with you one more time. First, identify the belief. All right. So you already know what you want. You already know where you're at and you already know where you want, where you're going. So what is holding you back? What's that thought that's holding you back from really getting into the direction or getting into the place, getting into the atmosphere, having the life that you really desire? What is that thought that's holding you back or thoughts, plural, that's holding you back? Identify it, accept it as a lie. Remember, remember, Satan is the father of all lies, and he's really good, really good at filling up your head. As you begin to scroll through social media, comparing yourself, I have been there, hello, scrolling yourself, believing that you aren't as important and you're not as powerful, that you don't have what others have. Those are all lies. And what do those lies do? They hold you back. They hold you back from starting what you need to start, doing what you need to do, living how you need to live. If it's fear that's holding you back, come on now, flip it with flip it with some faith. It's a lie. Number three, create your own affirming belief. So you want to align that up, align that, don't create a belief just out of thin, <laughs> just out of thin air. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. You want to have some boundaries to, to those. Well, uh, let, me, let me not say boundaries to beliefs because once again, anything is possible. But you want to make sure that your beliefs line up with the word of God. You want to make sure that those beliefs are in alignment. And whatever it is that you're believing that's negative, once again, find that opposite scripture and the word of God. And then number four, begin to live it out. Identify the belief, accept as a lie, take on a new belief and begin to live it out. Every single day, you gotta consciously remind yourself of the new belief, the new life, the new thoughts that you want to have and begin to live it out. Just that little. Don't fight with yourself, don't combat with yourself. Gently accept it. All right? Awesome! Awesome. <laughs> so number one, remember, number one is stepping back taking a look at your life as a whole, where you are now, where do you want to be? And then number two, letting go, letting go of those wrong beliefs, but first identifying them, identifying what those beliefs are that are holding you back. I have enjoyed my time with you this morning. And I think, thank you so much for joining me. And of course, if you will, let me just pray for you. All right. Father God. I thank you so much for this time this morning. I thank you for the airways. I thank you for the atmosphere. I thank you for the ability to be able and that you've allowed me to share my passion, share my gifts, share my joy, share my love with these group that you have in front of me, that the listeners that you have in front of me. And I thank you for that. I thank you, Lord, for their minds, for their hearts, Lord God. And I thank you for your word of God. I thank you for this truth. Father, the... The ears that I have before me, I pray that you bless them, Lord, bless their minds. Show them what beliefs they are holding within their hearts, within their minds, that is holding them back from having the life that you desire them to have, the abundant life that you desire them to have. Abundant in joy, abundant in love, abundant in peace. I pray, Lord God, that you open their eyes, their spiritual eyes, to what it is that's holding them back, Lord God, and show them, Father God, how to move past it. We ask that you cover them, watch over them, protect them, shield them, Lord God. And we plead Psalms 91 over them. We ask God that you continue to fill them with your love, fill them with your direction, fill them with your guidance. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. How awesome, you guys. I thank you so much for joining me once again this morning. And you can always find me on Ladies After Wisdom on Instagram and on Facebook and also Aquila Hicks, A-Q-U-I-L-L-A-H-I-C-K-S on Instagram, Facebook, and also Linktree. Send me any messages that you may have in regards to this. Let me know how it's been a blessing from you. I thank you from those who have, uh, who have tapped in and messaged me. And I'm so grateful that this has been a blessing to you. It is a blessing to you, just like it's a blessing to me. So I thank you. You all have a Awesome week, awesome day. And I look forward to sharing with you step three on getting out of your own way and creating the life that you deserve next Tuesday. All right, see you soon.